0: I am Latricia and with me is my co-host Phyllis. Hey Phyllis. Hello Latricia and hello out there Difference Makers. Today we have a special guest. We have Rachel McLeod. She is a licensed social worker, worker and emotional wellness coach who helps women eliminate symptoms of anxiety, depression, and PTSD in two to six months instead of two to six years. She uses her methods such as eye movement desensitization, reprocessing, tapping interventions, and energy medicine to help the brain through its natural healing process. I came across Rachel on a captivating video about still learning as a parent. She's gonna give us a lot of information about overcoming poor parenting
1: issues Hey, Rachel, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on your program today and on your podcast. I'm honored. We're so happy to have you.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? That was some of the information that I know, but can you tell us how do you, what do you specialize in and what perspective you'll be coming from today?
1: Yeah, I specialize in helping the brain heal itself. And, and really from this parenting thing, that's um, really a big deal for many people because I really help people eliminate symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. That's always my goal. And um, really getting those symptoms out of their life. And the brain has a specific process for doing that. And, um, and so how parenting comes into this is that many of us get our first um, trauma, our anxiety and our depression from those early experiences with our mothers or fathers or the absence of them or their unwellness. And so because that is how some people's trauma begins, and that's how mine began um, and anxiety and depression, then that's really something that I talk about that resonates and especially because um, what comes from that is is complex childhood trauma often right? And so here we are as adults walking around, we think we're at normal. We think we're functioning like everybody else, but our brain is really doing something completely different. And we are actually functioning from different parts of the brain that have more to do with survival and um, and don't give us as much flexibility or room to be all of our authentic self. And um, also sometimes we're using the subconscious programming of our parents, which when you're when you're young, your parents are installing your your they're 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 installing and creating your subconscious programming. That programming, that thinking style that you will use for everything you ever do. And um, what's wonderful is the brain has a process for upgrading that and releasing stuff that no longer fits us. And that's really what I specialize in doing is rebuilding brain, the, the subconscious programming, and also helping people not to live from that or from their survival center, but helping to bring them forward to into their executive functioning, which when you can help the brain do the healing work it wants to do, it does it, and, and it and it really will stop symptoms from showing up because we really can resolve those at the root. And then they, and then we don't see the symptoms that are caused by these unresolved issues, right? So these unresolved issues can branch off in many different things, um, which when we, then we go to parent and it has us screaming at our ch- kids, ignoring them, calling them the same names we were called because it's in the programming you. And, and when you go back to that part of the brain, you don't get choices and don't get options. And then you have these patterns and then you have this guilt and then you have to have patterns to manage your guilt. And it's a whole mess after that right so um so that's really uh, a lot of what i do and so when people come to me i'm really helping them sort helping them sort through that and then helping them see what's going on and helping them learn the different parts of their brain helping them to know how to work with each different part of the brain each different part has a different um, language and way of healing and resolving and that resolving its issues and most of therapy has focused on how the the thinking center this awesome spot right up here that we want to be able to use all the time it, talking is the strategy of that part of the brain but it's not the strategy of the other parts of the brain and so really those other parts of the brain need to be interacted with specifically to them so that they can come to the healing table and do their healing work. And one of them, the survival system is the one that will stop and block all healing from happening. And so we really want to be able to work with that part of the brain so that we can, we can let healing happen. And then that upgrades our subconscious programming and our conscious programming or everything. And then we get to be more of who we are. And then we get to do the things that we're proud of that we're being that we never imagined we'd be able to be and we'd be able to do and brains are ready to. And and all symptoms of anxiety, depression and traumatic stress are the brain trying to do its healing work, but it's stuck and it's stuck because of the survival system that's blocking it. And so and, and that survival system can block healing from happening for a lifetime. And so if we don't work with that part of the brain, we can really be stuck with the effects of anxiety, depression and traumatic stress for a lifetime. And we've, we know people that go to the grave with blaring and blazing anxiety, depression and trauma disorders. And, um, and there's really, you know, now that we're learning how to work with the different parts of the brain, we're really opening up options now for healing and healing happens fast because the brain is electrical and emotions and thoughts are electrical activity. And so if we can open the door to healing, it will happen at pretty much an electric rate, pace, speed. And so, and that's really why I am able to help people resolve these issues so quickly is I really, I really put them to work (laughs) doing the work. I teach them the strategies, how to work with their brain, and then I send them to work. And we really sink the time in to really help with their brain do the work it wants to do. And so. That's the perspective I'm I'm coming from here.
2: Wow. I think that's so wonderful. And I think more professionals, if they came from the brain perspective, that more people would be healed and more people would be inclined to go to therapy. So many people don't like therapy because they say it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it just sounds like, coming from the brain perspective and kind of rewiring the brain is will really be helpful for people. And I was just amazed that when Phyllis said two to six months, as opposed to two to six years. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. And yeah, I, w- I would love to see more of that.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when I, I was when I started doing this, I was doing this and it was seeing how the brain heals. And so I was having a lot of success with my clients. And then after a while, I really learned that that to move a whole anxiety, depression, or trauma disorder into remission takes about 120 to 300 hours of specific and targeted brain work. And as I, as I really realized that, because that was the amount of time I was putting in with people, I realized this is going to take years. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so I really started handing the work off to them so they could do it at home right? Because it does take the time. But when you really sink the time in, you can help the brain heal itself in such a short amount of time and really change everything you know, change your way of being um, and change your way of showing up. And I, I really, I just did a video on this called um, do this before, or instead of talk therapy. <laughs> and it was really about this because if you, it doesn't matter how much, you know, cause the knowledge is up here in the front part of the brain. If you get triggered, you're going to the back of the brain where you have no access to your thinking center. And so all the stuff you learned, you can't even get to it anymore. You know, and that part of the brain shuts this part down. So you got like 20% functioning up there. And, and that's why people get confused, but their instincts are moving, whether it's to fight, flight, freeze, or faint. You know, some people are being put to sleep. It's a it's an aspect of, of fight, of faint mode. And they think that they just sleep all the time. No, home girl, your sister, your brain has put you to sleep, you know? And then there's fawning where we go and appease people, you know, and we think we're people pleasers. No, you're in a survival state you're, you're in the back of the brain. And that's why you're saying things you don't even mean just to get people to stop the conflict. Right. And that's really hard to show up and be who you are when your brain is going in the whole different direction. So I totally agree. And I think that talk therapists would be a lot happier with their careers and the success that they were getting. If we would do the brain work first, because then their clients would come to them and they'd be able to give them information that they could use and, and actually see results. And so I'm hoping that these changes will really amplify the effects of mental health treatments.
0: As you're speaking, I'm agreeing with you in so many ways and even based on my um, own personal experiences because I once upon a time I was a smoker and the way I stopped smoking was um, hypnotherapist. Hip, hypnotherapy which is unconventional but it's tapped into my subconscious. But there's so many people, and we're talking about parenting, um, healing from parenting issues, there are so many people who don't see or believe that they have issues from things that they mother that their mother did. What are some examples of trauma? I'm not trying to be a rapper or nothing, but trauma from a
1: mama. <laughs> Oh, gosh. You know, um, one of the big things is that if you're, um, you know, trauma from a mama happens, I am trying to be a rapper. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, uh, But trauma from a mama really happens because typically because mom is unwell right? I mean, there, there is, I mean, even best moms, you know, we can give our kids some trauma things they have to work out, but it's not a whole scheme. It's not a whole, um, oh goodness, there's a word I want to, um, it's not a whole scheme. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to use that one for now. It's not a whole scheme of, of trauma, right? But if you, if your mom is unwell and you, things you may notice is that um, you are, you're really looking at other people for your own cues on how to do things, because um, having an unwell mom trains you to, you know, it's just along the way, you got to keep mom well, in order for you to be safe. And so that habit gets wired into you. And the next thing you know, everybody, you got to make sure your wife is okay, you got to make sure your husband is okay, you got to make sure your children are okay, and then you're, you're okay, you know, and that you actually don't learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out which is really, really important because who is then? Who's taking care of you from the inside out? And let me tell you, somebody is, and now it's your children, right? And so because you don't know how to take care of you, you're not well. And so your kids come along and they can really stabilize you. And that takes time and energy away from the fact that they should be developing their own understanding of how to work on themselves from the inside out, how to make themselves thrive on the inside out. And so that's one of the ways we really pass this down. Um, Some of the other ways is just our expectations, you know, are expecting someone to leave us, expecting someone to cheat on us, expecting people to let us down, expecting heartache. Um, And, and what those things do and, and expecting um, to be unwanted, to, to expecting, and those are all signs of traumatic stress and PTSD. And so all these things, Um, And and what that does, my brain just left me. It wanted to go on a whole different rant. Um, But when, um, but that what that does, is that that affects that puts you in a survival state most of the time, because now you're expecting it, you're bracing for impact, and that leads a lot of tension in your body you know, because the body is is participating with, with with your thoughts and your emotions all the time. And so you might be experiencing this stuff up here, but your body's getting involved. You know, if you have lots of illnesses, and some of the mega illnesses, some of that is symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress or results of, right. And so because when you're in a survival state, that's activated because of of your expectations or your fears or that are triggered off, your brain doesn't know the difference between a real tiger. That's going to devour you and a look on somebody's face. That means you're going to get screamed at now, you know? And so now your, your, your chemical flow is a tiger is chasing me. And that has effects on your health and your wellness. And so, and when you're in a survival state, you're not in a healing state. And so you're really shutting down many of your body's healing, natural healing abilities, right? So for your health, we want to keep you in not in a survival state. We don't want subconsciously all of your self hyper alert, hyper vigilant and hyper alert for what's going to happen next. Who's going to do what next? Who's going to, who's going to reject me next? Who's going to say something about me? Who's going to, and then we also see all these, um, strange and creative defense strategies and ways of being on guard Um, ways of which in going from perfectionism to manipulation to passivity to aggression a lot of that comes from needing a survival strategy for some reason that you might not even logically and, and cognitively or consciously understand but your survival system does and your subconscious programming is set up for it and that's really taxing. And so, those are some of the ways: of failed relationships, um, having no friends, having no community that you can trust and reach out to. That's not that's not natural to who we are. I mean, every once in a while, you have somebody who's very emotionally well, and they're just a hermit. That's just who they naturally are. There's nothing wrong with that. But they, but there's other people that have um, really hidden um, agoraphobia. There's moms that never leave the house, and by the time you're a kid and you grow you grow up. And, and mom has never left. Number one, you've learned how to be agoraphobic by watching her. And so you're getting programmed like that. But two, you don't even know that mom is not, mom has this. And it's showing up in you in odd ways. And you're like, why is this? Why am I, why can't I go to the store? This doesn't even make any sense, you know? And it's because we've internalized these things. So, you know, and that's, that's one of the things about parenting is that number, and you know, this can really make you feel horrible if you're a mom. So I want to just take a moment and say, like, <sighs> the answer is not to not be there. The answer is just to get well, right? Because you are vital to your children and you're vital to this process. And but the, the only thing that you need to be able to help your kids be well, no matter how unwell you are right now is to just to get well right? And we can do that really, really quickly, much quicker than many people realize. And so, you know, I'm saying these things. And and for people, you know, who have had these parents, you can just feel like I'm screwed forever. No, you're not. Um, the brain has so much like neuroplasticity. It's so it's its whole job is to change and shift with you. If it's not doing that, it's because that one process it has is blocked. And so Anything that where you can't function in in your life, in areas, significant areas of your life, and that might be even things like starting a business, like you want to, but you find like you're procrastinating and doing everything else, but doing it, those can be traced back. You know, if you're afraid to take risks, the risks that are on your heart that you know you need to be doing, that can be traced back, you know? And so it really, at this point, I would suspect any area of your life where you're unhappy, or you're getting, not getting the results that you want, that's a great place to look. And it really, if we boil this all down and we wanna take out moms and dads and, and parenting, if we just look at the subconscious programming, if your subconscious programming is supposed to help you get what you want and is supposed to be able to help you get fulfillment and success. If it's not doing that, <laughs> it's time to get to work with that.
2: You know, I think that's a very important point because sometimes you just don't recognize you, you have things going on, but you just don't know why it's happening. And a lot of times you just think it's you like something, something is wrong with me, or this is just the way I am. And you don't even think that there's something wrong with you. You just think this is just the way that I am. And you That's don't right. go and get any help for it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned when your parent we're specifically talking mommy issues. We hear a lot about daddy issues. So today we're specifically talking about mommy issues. And you mentioned being unwell. And I would like for you to define what unwell means because another thing that I was thinking, so here's a two-part question. I don't I don't want <laughs> to spin you around. So let me know, should I ask it in two-part or just let you answer that part first? Um, yeah, go
1: ahead, what do
2: you okay. think? So the second part, I was just thinking about people who overparent. you know, you hear these, these terms helicopter mom, and you hear about mama's boys and parents who are either they're overprotective, or maybe they're just too permissive. They're just giving their their children just do whatever they want. Is that a sign of being unwell, too? So I guess I just want to know what unwell means.
1: Yeah. Um, What I would say unwell means from my perspective is if we were to attach some, you know, um, functional like MRI and watch how the brain is functioning, where their brain is lit up consistently. And, and so I would say that, that, um, and any functional imaging, I think that would be awesome if we could do that with people, Um, especially for their therapy, because that would, I would, anyway, I would be really happy about that. But nonetheless, um, anytime peop- moms are spending more time in their survival system, habitually and consistently, that's what I would say would be unwell. Because when you're in your a sur- that survival part of the brain, it's it really, um, that part of the brain does not know how to thrive. And it's not a part of the brain where you get choices. And so it's a lot of compulsive, instinctual behaviors. And, and it doesn't, and and it's really, its focus is to keep you alive. It really doesn't have a focus of, of being able to hold space for, or consider any other people, including the people you love the most. When you go into that part of the brain, it's not about them. And I think that's, that's the piece of attachment bonding that gets broken with moms in a survival state, right? And so we want healthy bonds, we want healthy bonds. And what we want with a healthy bond is we want the outcome to be a secure attachment. We don't want there to be no attachment. We don't want there to be an anxious attachment. We don't want there to be a disorganized attachment. Like there's four attachment styles. We want there to be a secure attachment. You know, and when we're talking about, um, when we talk about terms like helicopter parents, permissive parents, you know, anxious parents, you know, strict parents, we these are very um culturally derived terms that I don't think are helping us. Um, And because the fact of the matter is we need a secure attachment. That needs to be the ultimate outcome of the situation, period. And that looks different for every child. Each child will require different things to become secure. And and it will not be the same for everyone. And so there will be children that to be helped, to be um, secure, they will need a lot of holding. And, and what's happening? Let me let me back this up. Is that when you get a newborn, your whole job, as far as I'm concerned, is, and many neuroscientists, is to hook up their neurology, their neuro, their nervous system, their self-regulating system. That's why we're touching them. That's why we're holding them. That's why we're looking in their eyes. We're hooking up their brain to their body. This is not. It's, this is awesome, holy work. But this is what the what in the world we are doing here. And it is important because this is where everything will get wired. And so there will be some children that in order for their, and they don't, they can't regulate their own nervous systems. That's why a child cries, our jobs get in there and regulate their nervous system. There will be children that cry more. They need more holding and rocking. And what we're actually working with is their survival system. And we need that part to be calm and relaxed and to chill out, to let the let the front of the brain develop and get wired. And so children that um, are left to cry may not get the same, Their, their need may not be met. And then, you know, we've got young moms being told, you're holding that baby too much. I don't think so. Pass that baby around, touch your little toes, touch your little fingers. Let's go. Let's get that brain hooked up, you know? And so, but, um, and so those are very different terms. So I would say, I don't think we need to be using those because they can become very shaming and limiting, especially when we don't understand those terms, you know? Um, And so, and because the more securely attached a child is, the healthier they will be physically, emotionally, mentally, the more risks they will be able to take. Now, I would say there are family systems that, that are set up to bond. In very unhealthy ways. They, they they are set up to like that. If I don't harm you, and I, I want to do this well. Um, if I don't, if I don't insult you, I can't prepare you for the real world. Right. And so we're we're programming the nervous system to be insulted. And then that child, when they grow up, they will need to be insulted for their nervous system to feel regular and normal. And especially in, in our culture where we come from slavery and we come from, you know, the, you know, when you're, it, it's not okay to be, um, to be noticed, you know, it's not okay to stand out, you know, it's not okay to be, to speak too well or to read or to know you like, right? So it's like we, we instinctively do what we need to do to keep our people safe right? And so some of this stuff is just in the programming, and it just needs to be healed and come out to be more up to date. Right? And so and then there's there's other ones of us that we don't know how success happens. And we just hope for it. And we kind of just let it, I don't know, and we kind of hands off parenting, like, I hope you can be successful, you know, and it's like, that's not quite how it happens either. But we're just trying, we're just trying. And some of these things come back and that are generational. They're just generational, you know, and we, we just send them forward. And that's, and that's because this nervous system needs to be updated all the time. We're always outgrowing our, our, our subconscious programming probably yearly, you know? And it's like, because like, if you have a subconscious programming for an infant and that infant becomes 20, what do you, your brain is like, I don't know. I don't know. We need to, do, I don't know, you know, and so you then you're doing then you're in a survival state and you're doing whatever. So um so that's but it needs to be upgraded each generation too. And and that's scary to brains because if we're not like them, maybe we won't belong anymore, right? And maybe and my grandma's not gonna approve. And it's it it threatens our connection and our bonding, our secure base, our secure bonding. So this is a really complex thing that you know, I, I don't think it's as much of, because if you're a helicopter parent to a, a child that needs helicopter parenting to feel secure, you go on and you get your helicopter on, you know? And if you're helicoptering a child who does not need that and is feeling stifled, that is where you have a problem, really. And then to be able to know that and be able to see past your own programming to see your child, that is, you know, because trauma and, and all these things really stand in there. The things we saw on news, the this, the that our experiences in the same age, in the same grade, and things that were said to us, they stand in between us and our children. And so that's the stuff that we've got to get the brain to like, pull that out of there. does what, this even mean? And the brain has a process for that. You just pull that through the healing process and the brain makes sense of it. And it really gets it out of there or informs that and doesn't leave it just, I'm going to see my child through all my filters and it's going to be fuzzy. These children that have that, that's where they feel like you don't even see me. Right. And that's a trauma to not be seen by your own parent is traumatic. And it creates an agony that is that is very difficult. But then they go get partners who cannot see them because that's what their nervous system needs to feel comfortable.
0: Wow. I know you charge a lot. I feel like I should ask you your cash out. Yes. (laughs) You don't charge a lot. You charge what you're worth. And based on all that you've. Studied. I was just joking about that. But this has been so enlightening. I am a special education teacher. So, from that perspective, I have been learning so much and um, learning not to take things so personal with parents um, Mm -hmm. because I don't know what they've been through. Um, So, I've really enjoyed a lot of this. As it relates to our culture. This is something else that I was thinking of earlier. There was this video that was popular and it said, you had to put down your fingers. It said, raise your hand because you spoke of generations. And I think our generations are changing. And I'm actually very elated that that's happening. Um, It said, put one finger down. If your mama told you, I'll give you something to cry about. Put one finger down if your mama hit you with a stitching cord. Put one finger down if your mama made you sleep in the car. So I did that exercise and I had like one finger up. And I was like, well, my mom my mom didn't do all any of that stuff. She never, never told me stuff like, you ain't got no friends. And my mom just wasn't like yeah. that. And my mom, she really worked hard on doing what she had to do to be well. And just listen to this, I just appreciate her even more. Yeah. So... What are some typical issues that we what, that um, can be worked on? If it's communication, if it's anger, if you could just think of one thing that could be worked on, parent or adult child or either person, what can it be worked on to kind of break the cycle? Yeah.
1: And I would say, you know, help the brain do the healing work it wants to do, the upgrading work. It knows the work it wants to do. And that would be, uh, you know, the symptoms that you're experiencing, any emotions, any, um, and, and, you know, if you look up what symptoms of anxiety, depression, and or traumatic stress are, and you can check them off, right? And you find that yours is angry outbursts, okay? You can use that angry outburst. You can grab that, that moment when you were angry, and you can help your brain heal with it. There's some interventions I teach people to use that speak directly to their their survival system, and with that intervention, you can do you can you can really help the brain do the work it wants to do, and help it help recondition your brain function for your success, right? And so, and and the ones I teach are the are the um, emotional freedom techniques, thought field therapy, energy medicine techniques, and eye movement desensitization and reprocessing reprocessing. And those four are really great for this. But the first two emotional freedom techniques and, and um, field therapy, and even energy medicine are easy to learn and use on yourself. And they look a little bit weird. But if you're you really using the body, because the survival system is working is paying attention to your body. So when you're communicating with that part of the brain through your body, then it's listening, and it will stay it will let healing happen. And so you can take the behaviors that you're doing that you don't like anymore, And use these interventions while you're being miserable looking at those interventions. I mean, those, um, those behaviors that you're doing, you know, and, and, and quickly you will watch your brain be able to solve problems and you will watch that behavior disappear, not show up anymore. And there's a process for that. Um, but you'll watch your brain do different pieces of that process. And pretty soon it's just not there. And sometimes that happens a lot quicker. Um, The first thing I tried emotional freedom techniques on was insomnia I had developed. I could not get to sleep. My thoughts were racing. And I used emotional freedom techniques once that took 30 seconds. I yawned. I did it the second time. I fell right to sleep. I woke up the next morning. I was like, what else can I try this on? And I just went off because I was, that was very, um, talk about not knowing you have a raging anxiety disorder was, that was, that was exactly happening to me. And so, um, that's and that's how I learned about this because I had recent I had quit therapy before that because I hated the whole field. I was very angry because I was like, this doesn't work. Um, but <laughs> it turns out I, I love them now. <laughs> but you know, when we start and we these are things that you know we can start doing with ourselves and in our community. You know, a lot of this type of framework requires quite an investment, right? Like for for me to learn this stuff, I've invested like fifty thousand dollars. Right. And so and I'm one therapist. Right. And so these agencies don't typically spend that. To train their therapists. And so the chances of you getting a therapist that knows how to work with the brain like this is not fabulous. And especially don't be a minority and expect to get some of this stuff. Right. And so these so but these ones you can use for yourself, you can become your best brain functionist and you can heal and you can get the tools in your hands and you can, there's no known side effects, right? EMDR, there's lots of side effects. I don't encourage anybody doing that without professional support, um, but emotional freedom techniques, thought-filled therapy, you can YouTube those, you can Google those, you know? And so I would say, start there, work with your nervous system because when, when you're calm and many people don't know how tense they are, they don't know how much, what their survival system looks like and they will be shocked and amazed I have people doing the intervention all the time. They're like, "Oh my gosh, my shoulders are loose," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what because your body is experiencing all this stuff as well." And once you're in that calm state and your body is relaxing, you can really show up and be a, a, a surprising to you parent, and really start changing things with your kids because your kids will all of a sudden they'll be like, "Hold up, I thought we were gonna do the yelling thing," or "I thought mom was gonna start crying and run to her bedroom," you know, or "I thought, you know." I thought I was going to destroy the whole world with that. And we're still talking about it. Mom's okay. What's this right now? Ha- their nervous system is having to reorganize like what's happening here. Okay. Mom's safe to talk to. What's this? I don't know. And right, they're not going to trust it the first couple of times, but you keep working on yourself. And the next thing you know, you're showing up as that wise adult, that wise mom who can really hold space for whatever her kid brings. And really help them to find who they are and navigate their path and really impart that ancient wisdom that we're carrying, you know, without it being under the the old programming. This is some fascinating stuff.
2: Of course, we don't have all day, but we could probably talk about this all day. There are a couple of things that I say that about. There are a few things that we could just go on and on. But I wanted to ask you a question because Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. And you you mentioned anxiety and depression. And the I, the thing that came to mind for me was when you talked about the tiger. And I was just thinking about how some people who they're dreading already having to go spend this time with their mother. Yes. What advice can you give to people like that who maybe they ha- their mother hasn't worked through her stuff and maybe they haven't worked through theirs or maybe they're working through theirs? How can they either get through this weekend or set some boundaries and say, "Mom, I'm not coming"?
1: Yeah, Um, I would say regulate your nervous system. You know, a simple intervention is really putting your hand on your head. You know, our hands are electromagnetic, and when you go into your survival state, your brain um, takes out, (laughs) pulls back. This is how it shuts down the thinking center. Is it? um, It really shuts down the the chemical flow, the um, the electrical flow there. And so, and it all kind of goes to the back. And so when you're holding here, it brings it back up to the front. And so, um, and one of my clients told me this is her PB and J. (laughs) I was like, well, excuse me. So, um, but things like that, that we want you to be whatever you're going to do with mom, whether we want you to do it from the, from your, your prefrontal cortex. And, and moms tend to, like, because there's so much attachment and bonding and so much stuff there, they tend to send us to the back, our survival system so often. And like I said, when you get back there, you don't get choices. And the next thing you know, you're behaving. And then you finally yank yourself out of there and you get regulated, and you calm down and say, and then you're like, what did I do? Oh my gosh, I was totally mean. I was totally, I didn't, that was not how I planned this. You know, and that's because that part of the brain has, doesn't have plans. And it's just like, this is what we're going to do. And it will stay in the old pattern behaviors. And sometimes moms need you to blow up at them for them to feel normal. And that's this codependent exchange that we're doing with them. Sometimes they need us to shame them or fail them or, or fawn all over them. They need us to do that because that was how their nervous systems were programmed. So it's really important that we don't dance the same dances with them. From our the like the survival system dance, and so I would say the best thing you can do for yourself is stay regulated, regulate yourself, you know, learn emotional freedom techniques, be be doing that intervention a lot, um, and if you're starting to you know your your prefrontal cortex is is going offline and you're going into survival state, get out of there. And if you if you think that you can't go there and not do that, don't go. You're just going to go dance the same dance and you're going to do that and and. That's hard. And so, and, and and if you can't not go and you got to go there, just know to watch yourself be dysregulated, watch yourself act in a survival situation and watch how much mom dysregulates you and watch yourself because anytime you can get the brain to look at its own function, healing will start to happen. And and the and interventions, the tapping really help your brain not only look at itself, but also start the, the changes, the healing, right? And so if you're going to watch yourself act a fool, watch it. Cause you're actually in the healing stance, you know, you're one foot in and you're one foot out. If you, if you're not watching, you're just going to flow. You're just two feet in you're riding the ride and you're doing it, you know? And so um, I don't think there's any wrong way to do this, especially if you're committed to healing, there's, you're going to win some and lose some, but you just want to watch your, watch yourself do it.
0: And what a fun ride it is. Um, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> It's been such a joy having you, and I've learned so much from you. I'm so glad that you are doing what you do, changing so many lives. I would like to know, and I'm sure everybody that's listening and will listen would like to know as well, how can the listeners keep in touch with you and learn a little more about you?
1: Yeah, I am on Facebook. I'm on um, YouTube. and um I have a website, rachelmacloud.com, and that's Rachel Spelled Rochelle, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And there I, I really have some opportunities to work with me. So I'm, I am a coach, so I have full coaching programs where you can do this work with my support. Um, and we I will jump in there and help you get your inner world transformation that you're looking for. And I also have recently made available my program for people who want to do a more self-study track. So you would get the first the I, the video DVDs, not DVDs, video um, technology, video <laughs> recordings of me teaching some of these interventions, emotional freedom techniques, thought filled therapy. Um, and or an intervention in thought field therapy and energy medicine. And so and then I provide you with the first strategy I start all my clients with. And so that's available on my website. And I have several different options for people who just want to start there and do the work or want to start with the foundation, the fundamentals. And that is a phenomenal training. And then I have the full eight-week course. And um, each one of these provide the structure to do this work because the, the healing happens in layers. And it really and and so each each um, each part really helps you do that first layer. And it's really about doing the work. It's not a knowledge program. It's really a let's get in there and rewire this thing and let's get rid of these stressors and these symptoms from your brain's perspective. So um, those are the ways to get in touch with me at the moment. Um, There's also I have a mailing list where I talk about this stuff on and on and on. (laughs) I have so many videos. I really could sit here with you guys and talk for another hour and a half. (laughs) So, but, and I, and you can see that content on YouTube. All right. So
0: we do something called a principal challenge, which is a call to action. Can you give the listeners one call to action to do? Even if it's join your mailing list, would that be on your website or how they join you? Yep.
1: You can join my website. You can join my mail on my website. All right. And
0: it okay. is R-A-C-H-E-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.
1: Okay. R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. Principal challenge. Live them out. But my challenge would be to you is whether you go to my website or not, that you learn emotional freedom techniques. And if you want to learn that from me, you can absolutely participate in one of my courses and you can watch join. I have a, I have a Facebook group for women. Um, and I'm doing trainings. I'm actually doing a training today about my, the intervention I use the most for trauma processing. And so, um, I'm doing that there. Um all of that's from my website. You can do what you need to do from there. And, um, but I would say learn emotional freedom techniques. I don't care who you learn it from. I don't care how you learn it. It's just the easiest one to start using to really create massive change in your life and in your, in your brain function.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Have a great day there in Oregon. Thank you. I will. Thanks for having me. Thank no you. Problem.
2: Thank it's been you. A pleasure.
0: All right. For our next section, open your heart, mind, and ears as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. A married couple of 53 years fostered nearly 100 girls over three decades. Some of the girls still visit them for Thanksgiving and other major holidays. Some stole from them and ran away. Nonetheless, Ann and Al Hill still would do it again. They say the key to being successful foster parents is teamwork. Ann is the soft but firm parent and Al backs her up. Nearly 100 girls fostered. So you don't have to be a biological mom to make a difference. Some moms are real life heroes. Brienne Leith is one example. She was a single mom and a devoted police. Remembered for going above and beyond the call of duty, she would bring McDonald's to the traumatized children and often brighten the mood of the workplace. Unfortunately, one year ago, she died on duty responding to a domestic violence situation. There was a memorial in her honor. She was a single mother. A Mother's Day campaign will run simultaneously at all equity AFIA medical centers in 14 counties across Kenya, Expectant and lactating mothers will receive free screening and receive first aid training for infants. In addition, they receive home and personal care products from May the 10th to May the 14th. That concludes our good news for today. Latricia. Our soul snack for today is our soul snack for
2: today comes from a Swahili proverb and it says it is not hard to nurse a pregnancy, but it is hard to bring up a child. That's our show for today. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Until next time, expand your minds
0: and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.